You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, I'd like to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dambina. And we have two special guests with us this afternoon. Andrew, over to you. Well, good afternoon, Noreen. Uh, I'm saying good afternoon, but I'm going to say good morning to our two guests today who have kindly got up at an unreasonable time to talk about wine on our show. It's two people uh, from Domaine de Baronarc, which is uh, a very interesting winery doing some unusual things with wine. We're going to hear about that soon. Um, we have Fabrice Boulier, who is the head winemaker, and we also... Um, have the uh, the head of the estate, which is Augustine Deschamps. And uh, they're both with us live right now. If anybody uh, is not on Facebook Live on Noreen's 123 show um, on RTHK Radio 3, is that the right address or have I got it wrong there, Noreen? Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to, so be able to see three wise men, I suppose. Well, and a very wise lady. Lady's not a very PC word these days. Woman. So okay, we go. We, let, let's let's get straight into the facts that um, that what is going on um, in the winery that Fabrice, the, the head winemaker, has been working at uh, for twenty years is a very interesting um, thing because it's a region in the southwest of France that is known for its white wines. The area is called, or the region is called Limoux. And uh, its surrounding region around the city of Limoux, is, uh, which is in the Languedoc area of uh, southwest France, is, is known for white wine, particularly a sparkling wine called Blanquette. Sounds a bit like blanket in English. But, it's, um, but, it, but, it, but Blanquet, is it, is it Blanquette or, or Blanquet? You, you hear the T at the end, right, Fabrice? Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, Blanquette. Blanquette, okay. yeah. Good, good. Now, that's a sparkling wine. Some people say that's the first ever sparkling wine in France before Champagne and uh, other, other types of uh, sparkling wine that also produced. Is that correct? Is Blanquette from the region that you are making wine the originator of sparkling wine in France? Yeah, absolutely, Andrew, it's true. So the origin of sparkling wines comes from the mount of the Saint-Hilaire Abbey, St. Hilaire is, a, is a, a small village close to uh, our estate. And in uh, 1331, um, the monks were already producing silver wines for messes. And one day, after a boating process, one of monks uh, noticed that the wine produced bubbles inside the bottle. And uh, it is, uh, began a second fermentation cycle. So the Blanquette de Limoux was born. So... It- but for the story that it is very interesting, uh, around 1660, a Benedictine monk called Pierre Perignon, alias Don Perignon, came in pilgrimage yeah. to the Saint-Hilaire and discovered this new method of uh, vinification. So when uh, he came back in his monastery closed to Epernay, in the north of France, um, he experimented this method on local grapes that uh, the champagne was born. So it's incredible story oh. of uh, future world success. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, it, it's interesting you you mention uh, the you know the Dom Perignon story because we hear that that is supposedly. The, where the first champagne was made. But until researching today's interview, I, I hadn't heard about uh, Blanquette and now what you're saying, that he was inspired by going to a totally different region further south in France. Very interesting. 
question. Yeah, yeah, so, the origin is from South, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You, but you, you are in the middle, as I said earlier, of a wine, a white wine making um, uh, region. So Chardonnay is, uh, is, is, is used a lot in wine making around you and uh, Chenin Blanc also. Um, so what, but what you have become most known for in the last decade or two is the red wine that you're making. You're going against the, the, uh, the, the, you know, the usual pattern and making a red wine. And not only are you using Mediterranean grapes from the south of France, which are close to where you are, but you're also using some of the most traditional ones used in Bordeaux blends. So it's a real surprise. It was very interesting when I first heard about this wine. It's a real surprise. How did it come about um, that your winery decided to mix uh, the grape varieties that are traditionally put in Bordeaux further, further north of you and mix it, uh, blend it, I should say, with the, uh, the grapes um, uh, that are more likely when red, making, red wine making grapes in the south. How did that happen? Yes, uh, absolutely, um, Andrew. Limoux is a famous uh, area for sparkling wines and white wines. So we have around our estates mainly white wines like Chardonnay, Chenin or Mozac. So uh, it's recently, um, they have always been some vines of Merlot and Cabernet France there. Um, that's why we have an older of Merlot uh, of 1974 uh, on our estate. Uh, this red race exists since many years on Limoux area. Uh, when the Rothschild okay. family bought the estate in 1998, uh, they wanted um, um, to uh, use their knowledge and some experiences on the red wines worldwide. So it was an incredible challenge for them. They wanted to become pioneers in Limoux for producing one of the best premium red wine of Lago on the foothills on the Pyrenees. yes. For that, the technical teams work a lot every year for improving our knowledges about the terroirs, the vines, and the wines. And we will have to keep learning vintage after vintage with the aging of the vines, yeah. Well, I mean, where was the, uh, it must have been a lot of research with all of the, uh, the terroir, as you say, the words that we've come across, Noreen, right, right, terroir, the microclimate for, um, for, for wine growing. It's uh, both in the soil and the climate and everything else. How much testing was done to, to have the faith and confidence to make a premium red blend um, using, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, more than a handful of different varieties in one bottle. So, um, at uh, the beginning of the adventure in uh, 2003, uh, the house decree was being born. And uh, for the vineyard, the, the Rothschild family wanted to put the, in the estate an agreement with this decree. Uh, that's why we have today on uh, 32 hectares in red grapes with 50% Merlot, 30% uh, Syrah, Malbec, and 20% of Cabernet, Franc, and Sauvignon. So these percentages are an obligation in the decree. Uh, but our terroir is a perfect mix uh, between fresh soils, uh, mixed between uh, limestone, clay, and silty sand, uh, fresh climate, a warm day and fresh night, and different yeah. level of altitude. Yeah. So perfect futures for producing an elegant and complex wines. Uh, the vinification are slow and adapted to our grapes, um, tasting and the level of maturity. Um, about our blends, uh, we work to get the perfect balance between the different grapes, fruit and freshness for Sierra and Malbec, 
and spicy and balanced structure for Merlot and the Cabernet, with respect to the vintage all the time. But with our experiences, we feel this terroir with a very great potential for the expression of Cabernet Franc and Syrah. Actually, we work mainly on this. Yeah. Yeah. How common is it for, for yeah. winemakers okay. Okay. To, to mix grapes to make wine? Um, is, is it quite common for, for different winemakers to mix a, a number of grapes to, to make a blend? Yes. I mean, it's, 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 but I should let the, I should let these guys say, but yes, I mean, it's in different, in different parts of uh, France and other wine uh, regions or producing areas. Yeah, like Bordeaux and uh, would, would be one. But of course, single variety grapes, uh, wines are also produced. I mean, Burgundy is quite well known for that. But, but, um, but, but I mean, actually, but, but following from Noreen's question, um, I know that you focused on this blend, which can sometimes have up to six or seven varietals in the bottle. Oh, wow. um, but can have you thought about you're making a single um, varietal Chardonnay as well? Recent, that's a more a more recent uh, launch, isn't it? That, that came after the uh, um, the red blend, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, I mean, Sorry, go on, Fabrice. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes, when we start to produce our white wine in the detail 2009, uh, with yeah. small production, that's just uh, 6,000 bottles, that's all. Today, we produce around 25,000 bottles, every vintage, on 11 hectares of Chardonnay. Augustine, you well, wanted actually, to add to it? Sorry? Augustine? Sorry. I, I I didn't hear you. Sorry. Yeah, oh. me too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you did you have something you wanted to to add, Augustine, or not, or not really? Yeah, yeah. yeah to, just to to complete what Fabrice uh, said, uh, you said there's been a. You asked Andrew if there was a lot of experimentation, and it's a lot of time just uh, observing and yeah. and understanding what what's the. There, there was something done twenty years ago by analysis the soil, but coming from Bordeaux in a region that is very different from Bordeaux, it, yeah. it needs a lot of time. We say it needs 20 years before you really get to understand uh, what the terroir is going to express. And we celebrated the 20 years two years ago. Uh, years ago so yeah. yeah, that's the very beginning of the history. So normally we say it's 20 years when you make one wine, like they did in Bordeaux, like they did in Napa Valley, like they did in Chile. They make one wine, but we make two. <laughs> we yeah. make one red and one white. So it's twice more difficult, let's say. <laughs> right, 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 right. We, we want to make something top, 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 top. Right, right. Uh, so it's been just analyzing. Just, yeah, it's, it's observing and the climate is also changing. So it's, yeah. it never, it's always changing. So it's yeah. quite difficult. Yeah. From one year to another, it will change also. Obviously, you're, I mean, over 20 or 22 years or whenever you first bottled uh, your first vintage, um, there must be some significant differences for a number of reasons. Um, Noreen was asking about the blend before, but, uh, but I'm sure that you've been playing around with the balance of the percentage of grapes of different types for all of those years, haven't you? And you'll see what the harvest is like from each year in order to uh, determine um, uh, you know, the proportion, right? Uh, 
Yeah, Fabrice, yeah, yeah, you, you, you changed slightly the blend from the beginning, understanding the style you wanted to give to the, the wine. First of all, it was to identify the style of a wine that was coming from nowhere, Fabrice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, we try to, to, to get the, the good balance between uh, uh, the style of our wines uh, with the minerality and, uh, and fruits and freshness. And uh, we try to, uh, to, uh, to get uh, with uh, the global warming. It's very important for us to, uh, to conserve, to save this freshness all the time. So it's uh, really a challenge every year. Have there been any... I mean, global warming is perhaps one factor. How did the pandemic also affect the harvest or did the pandemic have any impact on your winery? So we, we can see uh, this global warming with uh, the, the, the date of the, the harvest. It's more and more early. Uh, we start now uh, at the, the end of uh, August. Yeah. Uh, normally it is around uh, September, at the beginning of September. So uh, we, uh, we, we lose uh, t- 10 days of uh, approximately uh, of the harvest. And uh, which doesn't happen, it's not happening every year. It's happening more often, let's say. Sorry, I, I should say climate uh, change. So you, your, your harvest yeah. is happening earlier than usual? Or it's shortened the days? More frequently, or... more frequently, more frequently. So you're getting more grapes? You're getting sort of... No, we, we as, as Fabrice said, yeah, we, we, we harvest at end of August more often than harvesting in September. It's, it's just... Uh, uh, we're trying to happens get happens earlier. Oh, okay. Well, we, we, it happens earlier, which it's ready earlier in in the year. So, but yeah. but the the bottle of wine of 2018 red harvest. We the harvest was uh, quite regular in 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 the in the dates. It was it was good. 17 September. was a little bit. Well, it was good, and 17 was a little bit earlier. 2020 was a little bit earlier, but 2018 and 19 were were good in September. So. Have, have you had any disaster? Have you had any disaster where maybe you got some late? Uh, do you, I mean, do you get any hail down there that far south in France? Can that be a problem? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can we can get a little bit of hail. We can yeah. get a little bit of frost. We were yeah. touched last week. This morning oh. just got minus one this morning. Oh, wow. So crossing our fingers is not too much. But well, last week was was tough. Last week was tough. Oh really? So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right. yeah, it's 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 the disadvantage. That's that's the thing. Being on on the hills of the of the Pyrenees of the mountains, yeah. we have uh, very warm days and fresh nights. So that's great for the wine, but it's quite risky for uh, in yeah. terms of climate. So yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but well, can Noreen, I... you, you asked Noreen about the pandemic and the, the, the impact of the pandemic on the, on the harvest. And there was actually, it was very well organized by Fabrice and by all the team. The technical team was very well organized in the vineyard and in the cellar. We really made it very, very well. Um, to, to just, we get no COVID problems. And, and, and actually it was really efficient. We learned. Thanks to that, we learned a better organization. Oh. So we, we increased our organization. It was, that was great, actually. Uh, uh, and, during, 
Right, and during this year, um, or, or this very challenging year, um, is the year that you have chosen to um, to bring um, uh, your wine to this part of the world. It's uh, just become available in Greater China right now, which is uh, which is how I came to know about the wine. It's an- and actually, it's it's more a question of really opening the market and our distribution. Um, we are, it's been 15 years we are in China, but distributed very exclusively to local players, one person, one distributor, and actually quite big ones, but uh, the brand was not famous. It was not easy to distribute the wine because it's really coming out of nowhere, special grape. It's not Bordeaux or Burgundy. It's a region that nobody knows and nobody's expecting this wine. Um, but actually, uh, we think now it's the time to open, um, to welcome, um, to, to, to welcome all the guests from mainland China and Hong Kong on the estate and share this wine uh, to everyone. So we decided to open distributors in Hong Kong and China. Um, so it's it's a change in the strategy, more than a really uh, opening. But it means that now the people we hope the wine will be. Uh, known everywhere in more widely, yeah. well, more widely. So yeah. we really opened our distribution. But that's we we come from almost zero um, to we hope uh, a more um, a more better understanding of what we do and 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 the, the reputation of our family, uh, the Rothschild family, is quite high. Especially the Mouton Rothschild was. Well, uh, they made a Chinese Chinese artist design the label of 2018, and that's why we decided to go now to jump in. Ah, yeah, I mean, and Mouton Rothschild as one of the uh, um, you know top level Grand Cru um, of um, in Bordeaux. It's um, it is it is. I mean, that already has a perception in both Hong Kong and uh, exactly. China yeah. as a Rothschild wine. But uh, Fabrice, could you maybe as I, I'm keeping one eye on the time here, um, so perhaps we could uh, now that now that it is more widely available, could you talk us through what's in this glass? Which is the 2018? <laughs> Sorry, poor poor Noreen there is not uh, not 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 able to uh, to join this. But uh, but but could you take could you tell us what are the characteristics as the head winemaker on the nose and uh, and as you taste it? Yeah. So the uh, first the varietal mix it's a perfect mix uh, between Merlot we have forty seven percent, twenty five percent of Cabernet Franc. Uh, yeah. 21% of Syrah, uh, 5% of Malbec, and 2% of Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. So uh, with um, a barrel maturing around 12 months in French rock barrels. Okay. So this, um, this vintage is one of top of our vintage. Um, the, the color is very uh, dark and yeah, deep. Very deep. Very deep. Uh, the nose is very elegant with great complexity. Um, with uh, spicy aromas, after uh, airing by mineral notes, made with jammy uh, red fruit. It's very, very, very complex. Mm. Yeah, and uh, uh, maybe it's better with one hour of chlorophyll, uh, decanted. But uh, um, it's better that uh, after in the glass with oxygen will be more open. Yeah, um, in, in, inside the, the most it's a full body. Um, elegant attack with freshness, 
um, with beautiful substance and uh, with a very maturing tanning, um, the, the balance is very well, yeah. And uh, you can uh, remember that the, the, the spicy at the nose, you can feel inside the mouth. Yes. And, uh, yes. and, and yeah. it's very long at the end. Uh, you can feel freshness, yeah. It's, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. The, sp the spiciness is one of the things which, uh, which I think one feels in the mouth almost immediately. I mean, there's a fruitiness, but there's a spiciness that really, the length is incredible. And also, it's only uh, three years old. I think, um, I mean, of course, Merlot is a soft tannin wine, but, it's, but it, is, it is really, it does seem quite well balanced already. What, how, if people bought this wine... Okay. Is it, okay. With your red wine, last question. Do you think people should be able to pour it and enjoy it immediately or is it made for aging like other fine wines? Last question. Yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite a large, it depends how you like it, of course, but it's, if you want to enjoy the spices on, on, on certain food like lamb or, or barbecue or spicy from citron food, yeah, you can enjoy it now. Um, it's really a perfect match, and of course, you can enjoy after 10 to 15 years. It's fantastic aging capacity wine uh, with more okay. sauce and, and, and complex, um, you know, dishes. That that goes for a very very long time. Having okay. big emotion, drink it young. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Thank you very much to uh, Augustin Augustin and uh, Duchamp, and uh, for for Fabrice. Um, who, for joining us this afternoon to introduce the uh, the wine, which is Domaine de Baranac. Thank you, guys. Thank you very Thank much, you very Andrew, much. Fabrice, and Augustin. Thank you very much for your time. And a quick.